Thanks for calling Farmers. This is Josh. Can I help you? I speak to Alan, please. Can I tell him who's calling or try to help you myself? Yeah, just let him know that uh, Joey Jingola called. Okay. Are you a business acquaintance? Yeah, yeah, we know each other. I'm a fellow insurance agent. Okay. And what was your last name? Jingola. G-I-A-N-G-O-L-A. Got it. Okay. And you're probably just wanting to visit and collaborate, aren't you? I'd, yeah, he was. He reached out. He had a couple questions for me, and I was just giving him a buzz to kind of touch base. Okay. Real quick. Now we're at the root of the conversation. Did I do good, though? I, I'll transfer you over to him, but did I do good trying oh, to get good oh, info from you? Oh, yeah, I think so. You're, so is this like a test? Like, uh, just, no. No. I just try to make sure he, he needs to talk to you before I, I sure. like to try to get, get to the root. But, yeah, he'll definitely want to talk to you, Joey. Hang on one second. Not a problem. Thanks, man. You bet. This is Alan. Alan, this is Joey Jingola. Hey, dude. Man, yeah, uh, Josh was telling me, hey, man, it's Joey Jingola. I was like, really? It's like, he's like, yeah. He said, I've been grilling him, and he said, seems like a good good guy. I was like, yeah, he is. He does a podcast. I've listened to him for a couple of years. This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. In in my career, that's where we've always, you know, that's where we've always ended up. You know, just from a competition standpoint, we're not, we've historically not been uh, a place where a lot of commercial insurance can be written, and so it's just not my wheelhouse. Sure. So it's it, that's why I say some of these videos, some of the most of the blog, all this stuff is in the realm of I know this stuff. That's a good place to be. That was my good buddy Alan Drew of Alan Drew Insurance Agency in Edmond, Oklahoma, and. Your wheelhouse, right? That's seems like a pretty logical place to start. And Alan's saying, you know, listen, most of the stuff that I touch on is generally there. Great. And it should be. Now, there's actually two little, there's a mini subplot here. And then there's the, the more kind of main storyline. But, you know, first, the, 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 the subplot is, you know, Alan is a farmer's agent. He's a captive uh, agent with farmers. Uh, and again, he's saying, you know, a, a lot of the business ends up in the personal lines. There's not a ton of commercial opportunity. That's something I think, you know, that that's going to be debatable as, you know, you know, maybe Alan looks for other opportunities and we've, we've talked, Alan and I talked about this a little bit. It's just, you know, what can you do to maybe allow yourself to maybe expand the wheelhouse or look for another wheelhouse? I don't know. Uh, it's, I just seem to be having whether it's a conversation with captives or people that, you know, started their career in captivity, um, you know, there's just maybe something to be said for, well, what should I continue to look for? How can I expand my wheelhouse? That's kind of, again, just a little mini subplot. But the really the more, the main storyline here is the idea of staying within what you know and creating content. Now, there's a couple things to consider here. We've talked about it many, many, many times. Uh, the first is, yes, you want to you wanna focus your efforts on what you know, because if, if you don't, then it's going to become obvious at some point that you don't. But to the point of you know where we, we started, you always want to open yourself up or, or, or don't, I guess, 
you don't want to close off the idea that you always want to expand into something else. You're not always going to have a wheelhouse when you're you're getting started, and it's okay to. Um, I'm not saying Alan's doing this. I'm just saying in general, you know, you want to. You know, it's 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 always best and easiest and fastest to create within the wheelhouse. But if you're looking for other opportunities right, to expand into other areas, you're gonna have to be a little uncomfortable not knowing everything, not being in your wheelhouse, and you know, maybe being a little light on the expertise when you're going to look to create this content, and that's. That's something I guess I wanted to say that it is okay. It's not going to happen day one. You're not going to be the expert day one. But if it's a line of business, if it's a type of insurance that you really want to get into, there's nothing more powerful than, again, just starting communicating what you already know and then continuing to build on that because there's no limit. You know, this is the one mindset. It's like it's not like there's a finite amount of, of pieces of content that you can put out into the world start with the few things that you know because it is guaranteed to be more than the person that you're trying to sell, right? That that information will exceed sometimes greatly what the person you are trying to attract and do business with already knows. So that's the first part, right? Because no matter what it is that you're looking to do, you just need to take that first step. Um, like I've done a couple of, you know, how does EPLI protect your restaurant? You know, I've done a, a few things, but again, personal lines is where I've been. I, I guess I sound like I'm apologizing for it, but no apology necessary, Alan. And that's something that you shouldn't really beat yourself up over mainly because yeah, EPLI is important. It, that's one, it's certainly one. If I had to pick a topic, I don't know that I would start there because one, employers rarely know that it's a thing and then to know that it's called you know employer you know practice liability insurance is that's another stretch right it's it it's what would they know it's like what happens if i do something inappropriate what happens if um you know i get sued for wrongful termination you know what happens if the what happens if insurance there we go new tagline epli what happens if something like that you know that you have to you'd have to go after it from that standpoint and that's I've certainly been kicking around ideas as to you know what some of the most effective ways to to get after that I, I do think it's something that is a little bit newer um, and I, I think will only continue to be more accessible maybe or be, be create we'll say more awareness within you know commercial insurance if you will or within the workplace as you know inappropriateness or just uh, incompetence is highlighted and, and that, you know, those policies start to, to bubble up. So that's something to pay attention to. I know that was a bit of a rant. I don't really know, but you know, Alan said that he's, he's touched upon those, you know, those topics, but again, his wheelhouse is personalized. Now back to the statement of, well, if Alan's looking to kind of mix it up, you know, stir the pot, kick the tires on some commercial stuff. And I can't remember exactly what the com we, the conversation we were having around this was, but you know, I believe I said something to Alan like, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, it could be the greatest, most informative piece of content on EPLI that ever existed. If it's the only one, there's a pretty good chance that nobody's going to find it, right? It needs to be reiterated multiple times at nauseum, basically because there's, there's just, it's not going to do the job. And I think that's maybe where, you know, when you're dealing with something that you're not familiar with, you don't know tons about, it feels daunting to think of the the variations and iterations that are possible within that subset, within that topic, and the limited knowledge that you currently have. 
And I guess this is just a general reminder that it's going to take a little bit of time and it's a, it's a certainly a, a very decent sized marathon, not a sprint. You know, you can create three or four or five pieces around it, but ultimately that's not going to generate the authority for you that you are looking for. It is how do you, you know, break that, that main keyword down, whatever it is, right? Whatever that line, that whatever that niche is, and then just continue to fall down the tree, right? Just keep going branch to branch to branch to branch until you're all the way on the ground. I guess that's one analogy to, to, to look at it. That's certainly a way to approach it. And it really doesn't matter, you know, again, the depth and the expertise of the level of information, you just got to get as much as you know on the page. Yeah, most of mine are from, I, I try to keep them, if I can, in the seven to 800 minimum, yeah. and then, you know, maybe 1,200 if it's a little longer, but. Ah, yes. How long should the content be? And I think, I'm pretty sure we did a whole podcast, maybe with Alan, it might've been Alan, how long, you know, should your content be? I can't remember if it was Alan or not, but um, we certainly did uh, How to Write Better Insurance Headlines. I'm pretty sure that was another episode Alan was on, one of the first, uh, but you know, that's a question that is asked quite frequently and one that I've heard more answers than you could shake a stick at. Because if there's anything that verifies an answer, it's the ability to shake a stick at it. And here's the deal. I personally have always just set, for whatever reason, a minimum threshold of, we'll say 800 to 1,000, my personal threshold. I've heard people say, it doesn't matter if it answers the question thoroughly in 500 words that it'll work. And these are people that are driving ridiculous amounts of traffic. So that is, that is great. I just don't, I don't stress out because 300 words in my opinion, I don't think is a big stretch, right? There's just not a whole lot of effort, a difference in effort, I guess, from my part that I would put in versus 800 or 500 to 800, right? And then of course, you know, a thousand to 1200 to 1500 words is in a slightly different category. That's going to, you know, maybe full, more fully uh, uh, discuss a topic. And I've heard people say that, you know, oh, it needs to be over a thousand. I've heard other people say, well, it needs to be over 2000 or 3000, or I'm not writing a blog post unless it's 5,000 to 10,000 words. And those people, they are a certain kind of special. I tell you what, and there is no right or wrong answer. The right, and, and if you kind of pick up on this and I don't really, this is kind of a weird, weird sort of side rant in the whole conversation that we're having with all. But I think the, the point here is, is that there's two things to think about. One, I do think completely and fully answering the question or the topic as best as you possibly can is, you know, objective number one. Two, it's thinking about what does it take for somebody to truly know, like, and trust you within that matter of word amount? You know, what what do you need to get across to them? Does it need to be in just this one piece? How do you get them to the next piece? And it's just a matter of, you know, thinking about time spent. If you met somebody for five minutes, Great. You maybe got a, you know, a little bit of a surface level conversation. Maybe, you know, they've got a dog, you know, maybe two kids and the fact that they might have an aspiration to once play professional paintball. I don't know what that, but you're not getting into the deep stuff, right? You're not talking about the meaning of life and how they truly believe in reincarnation or that alternate realities exist within, you know, in front of our face. You're not doing that. So it's how do you create the content that gets you to that level, that intimacy. How do you create that 30 minute, that hour kind of really just getting in there, getting cozy and getting into a rhythm with them beyond that surface level? That's, I think, the overall ultimate objective, right? And when you're in your wheelhouse, that's easy to do. When you're in the wheelhouse, you, you, you got, you, it's a big, 
mansion, sure. And you've been there for a while. You moved in, it's built, it's got furnishings, all the, 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 the decorations are on the walls. It's good to go. However, when you're expanding into something like the EPLI or whatever it is, the commercial, whatever, and you're not quite sure it's not, then that's when you just got to decorate the apartment, the two-bedroom townhouse as best you can. It's going to be a little embarrassing, and yeah, you might borrow furniture from your grandparents, but guess what? It's going to be better than nothing. It's better than sitting on the floor. It's, it's better than a futon, more than likely. I mean, most things in life are better than a futon, but... That's it. That's, I think, the whole objective is getting started, not being afraid, uh, expanding the wheelhouse, but not, you know, not shying away from it. So it's just making those decisions, right? Do you want to focus? Is your wheelhouse profitable enough? Can you attract enough attention, enough interest around those ideas, those topics to generate significant, substantial business that is ultimately going to, you know, best case scenario, drive more revenue, drive more business, drive more commission to the agency. If not, if that question, if that is potentially questionable and you're not really sure about the answer and you, or it's maybe just something you were looking to, you know, move away from or de-emphasize in some degree, that's where it is okay to expand, move outside your comfort zone and really just take a chance and educate people with the knowledge as best as you can. What's the last thing that you did that sounded like a great time, but it was just, it's been just long enough since the last time you did it for you to forget how much of a not good time it is. You know, one of those things, I'm staring down a drive-in movie situation, which is fun occasionally, but in the, in the wrong conditions, you're just really increasing the difficulty level that is the entertainment value and, you know, throw in a couple rambunctious children, moving vehicles, mosquitoes, potentially unseasonably humid weather, and, you know, there might be better ways to watch a movie, but novelty, right? Who knows? <laughs> what? Again, it happens maybe once, maybe twice a year. You're always like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be fun. And then by the time you're done, uh, we don't need to do that again for a while. And then it's the hamster wheel. It's the groundhog day. You forget about it, and then you go do it again the next year. I know drive-ins are not really a thing. We have one of the like last like 10 that exist in the country here, like you know, 15, 20 minutes from my house. What is the thing that you generally do, usually probably something for your kids, that you're like, man, this will be great, this will be fun, it'll be a memory, it'll be experience, and then you get there and you're like, wait a second, wait a second. Um, malaria, again, kids getting hit by cars, all sorts of things. And, uh, and just, yeah, so many things, so many variables that you didn't account for. JoeyAgencyNation.com. What is your thing that you frequent or, I mean, not frequent, you do, you know, just enough to forget? Uh, I'm curious. I'd like to know. What, what's the thing that, that really just sneaks up on you and then you immediately regret once you get there? JoeyAgencyNation.com. Speaking of things that you uh, won't immediately regret and uh, is certainly better than what you probably remembered. I will say Elevate 2020. Head on over to elevateconference.com. Check out the kind of new vibe, just the rough outline of what's going to be happening there. And um, yeah, a lot of good stuff. You know, um, May 31st, June 1st, June 2nd, Nashville, Tennessee. If you haven't, uh, you can sign up for some updates there. Tickets are going to be on sale. We're thinking 
early August. That's that's just a real secret between you and me, so sit tight. Uh, we're looking for the first or second week of August to put tickets back on sale. Early bird pricing will be available, so stay tuned for that. But elevateconference.com is the place to go. Uh, get excited for all of that. We're going to be rolling out some speaker information here soon, working on some very cool things. And, um, and yeah, really excited about it. Elevateconference.com.